Look, okay, so part of this is what I ended up reading about Mad Max is that there was tons um, of editing editing done after the fact. It wrapped up filming in like 2013. Like it's crazy how much time George Miller like locked himself in a room and did all this editing uh, to make it happen. And they finally released it in 2017 or whatever it was. But it was years. It was like 400 hours of footage. And then he's like, all right, uh, I'll be back when I'm done. Everybody's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he went off to like a, a cabin in the woods with one editing machine and just said, all right, let's do this. Yeah, I don't think anybody knew where he went. He just, he came back and he had this masterpiece. And apparently a lot of the buzz for the movie before that part was like Tom Hardy was really hard to work with and it was just a nightmare and they shot everything sequentially, which meant everybody kind of had to be there the whole time because every scene was shot in order as it progressed through the film. Mm. And everybody was like, well, this isn't going to work out. It was nice. I'm glad I get a paycheck though, right? <laughs> they really did want Mel Gibson to come back. But when they started talking about it in the early 2000s, he was way more interested in doing The Passion of the Christ. Hmm. So he wasn't available. They basically blamed the like, 9-11 attacks for the delay on getting this thing done. <laughs> I mean, that's part of it too. It's movies that spend a lot of time in development hell where there's just it takes forever to get anything completed and get it through the process. It's hard for them to succeed. So George Miller's like, I thanks everyone for doing the shooting. Uh, I'm going to go do some editing now. I'll be back later. Everybody's like, well, that sucked. And then he comes back with this masterpiece, which really, I've never been that impressed with editing skill before. I probably should have. But this example alone is like, okay, so yes, it's an amazing film. And everybody attributes the editing job to why it's so amazing. And that blows me away. I was like, I was like, man, I'm being loud right now. Am I? Is that me being loud? No, right. it's not. Um, I'm sorry. Okay, we're. we're I think live that on conversation works if Duddles isn't actually technically part of it. I, I, I think that's fine. I'll make it work. <laughs> See the power of editing. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I just. Mad Max Fury Road is an amazing film, but for by all accounts, everybody who was there on the last day of shooting was like, well, this is going to flop. There's no way this is going to work. And then George Miller's like, I have magic powers. I'll be right back. And then four years later, he's like, here it is. <laughs> so incredible story. So back to the original point. The point about CG. Yes. Yes. There is definitely a bunch of CGI in this movie, but a lot of it is practical effect. A lot of it is they're actually jumping motorcycles over this thing. A lot of it is there's actually fire coming out of the Doof Warriors guitar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's a balance. The, the, so I'm just saying the, it's not crazy. 98% CGI. The, I'm not arguing 98%. I'd practically make it an anime. Okay, good. Uh, the fire and the practical effects only serves as a basis for where the CGI touches things up. So even though they have practical effects, there's still a layer on top of that. Yes. Very, very true. Yeah. And, yep. So a lot of that's happening. They said that even though it's a fairly, I don't know, kind of drab a movie, it's in the desert. There's a lot of browns and grays and stuff. Apparently what they did with it really made the colors pop a lot more than it did when they were shooting. Like the shots, the original shots from on site in the middle of wherever Australia that they're in, they should film in Australia. Probably. Oh guys. So I've really been working on my Australian accent. Somicron, do you want to hear it? <laughs> oh no. I mean, go ahead. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Uh, guys, did you hear that? I just said, Oh yeah. <laughs> it was really good. Right. What? Wow. No. What? What's going on? He's pretending that when I talk, that's him doing an Australian accent. Did you hear that? Oh, like, uh, okay, broke character I did. again. I should, I should stop breaking character. <laughs> Somicron isn't saying anything. He's so stunned by how good this is. <laughs> I know. It's like it's it's like if you were to look in a mirror, but instead of actually being a mirror, it's like looking at your own voice looking back at you. That's... <laughs> I, I had no idea you were a man of such talents, Duddles. That's amazing. No. You know, I've always wanted to be uh, 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 in voice acting. So this is this is what I've been working on. Australian accent. There's a video that uh, Somicron wants to send you. It's just basically how doing a true Australian accent is impossible unless you're Australian. It was very discouraging, actually. <laughs> it's right. not. In, it doesn't say it's impossible. It just says it's it's tricky and takes practice it's yeah. super regional too i mean there's so many different like the the stereotypical australian accent in america is just like yeah cute right? <laughs> look at this knife you know but you know that's the, not really how australians sound they, they just say things like no like that's it. <laughs> oh my god okay jordan and i were playing sea of thieves and i have i have this video i might go cut it and upload it tomorrow 
but it's just him asking me why I put an R in the word no. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't hear it. So I'm like, right. no. And he's like, all right, how do you say, like, the word that is spelled O-H? And I go, O. And he goes, all right, now just say it with no. And I'm like, no. <laughs> There's definitely an R in there. He is not wrong. Yeah, it's every I, every Australian says it. It's it's. I've never not heard an Australian who has a legitimate Australian accent say no. It's nar. <laughs> no. It's yeah, great. it's kind of like it's like Canadian English has that little bit of an ooh going on with yeah, some of the yeah. words that don't normally have an ooh in American English. Right. It's not a huge difference, but you can hear it if you listen for it. Uh, it's it, personally, I think it's charming, and I mean that in one hundred percent honesty. Uh, <laughs> It, it's it's charming. It's, it's it's more of an envy thing that I tease about it because I'm like, man, I wish I said R's in my nose, but I don't. <laughs> well, but that's the <laughs> thing is nobody is. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Nobody thinks their accent is great. Everybody thinks everybody else's version of the English whatever they're doing accent is the one that's amazing and hot and whatnot. I mean, I spent a lot of time. Well, I spent a few months in South Africa back many many years ago, and yeah, I'd meet these girls that are like, ah, eh, they're pretty cute fairly attractive but they'd have an english accent i'd be like all right let's go out right now it just threw it over the top and i don't know what it is and i've heard the same thing i've heard from english girls that like the american accent is really hot to some of them and it's just it's just what's different i think a little bit of exoticness while still being able to communicate which is kind of nice the in australia the universal like hot accent everyone i run into generally has the same opinion it's the irish accent mm-hmm. like people just flip their shit for that yeah. yeah irish scottish is a little less accessible i think it's a little more spitty yeah you gotta like enjoy having being spat on the <laughs> scottish yeah right scottish is basically the german of english accents exactly yeah <laughs> that's that's like that's a fantastic analogy that's that's it <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome to the podcast. By now, you've realized we have a special third player with us today. It's Duddles from the uh, well-known "Who the hell is Duddles?" meme. Uh, he also does some other stuff, but I'm pretty much sure that's what he's mostly known for. That's, that's it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing will ever live that down. No, no, definitely not. We've been trying to get him on the show here for uh, about a month or so now. Finally, our schedules worked. I actually t- changed the start time on him about two hours before we began, and. He was enough of a gentleman to make it work somehow anyway. And I know he's a father, so that's not easy. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I'm okay. Actually, 9 o'clock to me is more comfortable than 10 o'clock my time. So this is actually perfect. So thank you for having me. Thank you for working with me in my crazy schedule. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, our well, Wade's schedule is fairly open, but mine's a little bit crazy. Well, he does live literally across the world. Yes. Do you you live in Australia, right? Yes. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. But yeah, the origins of the Falcon Paladin Hour is basically Somicron being on my channel, leaving comments every once in a while, and then one day emailing me and says, you should do a podcast. And I'm like, well, if you want to set it up and do all the work, that's cool. And he's like, all right. And he did. And here we are. It was very handy that I already had all the infrastructure like in place for it to do it. Yeah, exactly. I I didn't know that. I thought you were going to do like all the research (laughs) and set everything up and make it happen. But you were ready pretty fast and it makes sense as to why. I think after emailing, being like, hey, want to do a podcast, it was maybe like a one-week turnaround and the first one was already out. Yeah, it was very impressive, for sure. So anyway, we usually try to talk a little bit of StarCraft at the beginning, just because people are here generally because of the StarCraft a little bit. Yeah, yeah, 99.9% of my fan base likes StarCraft. I don't think I'm wrong about that. Do they? Yeah. I, I personally hate the game. I think it's the worst. <laughs> Duddles, stop ruining the narrative. <laughs> Sorry. Just Sorry. play along for five minutes. Jeez. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to talk about the Gauntlet Open a little bit. So the Gauntlet okay. Global Open number 55 happened on Sunday. So a few days ago now, based on the time that this posts. Um, our finals ended up being Braddock versus Solar. Solar being kind of the Korean representative for the Open recently. They, it seems to kind of cycle through different Korean players. We've had Parting before. We've had Lozira before. And now it's kind of Solar's turn. I'm not sure if they have like a chore chart where they're like, who's going to play in the Open this week? Who's got it for the next few weeks? And Solar's like, yeah, I guess it's my turn. And then he shows up and beats everybody and goes home. Solar has said that he's going to try to get more Koreans to play. But then you think about it and it's like, why would he bring competition into this thing where he gets 75 bucks for a couple hours of work? And it's not even I mean, a big deal. Thing. He's going to invite them to play, but just on the weeks that he's not there. Yeah, when he can't make it. Although, I don't. did any show up last week when Braddock won? I don't think we had any Koreans. Maybe nobody could make it. Nope, mm. I don't think there were. 
Anyway, so anyway, the point is, Braddock wins last week. He beats Kellizer 2-1. to one. Um, He 3-0s Starkiller in the finals, which isn't too much of a surprise. But then we had uh, Braddock versus Solar. And so Braddock is a Terran player. He's been around for a very long time, been playing for about a decade or more. He tries to go mech against Solar for three games in a row in a best-of-five series, and it just doesn't work. Solar scouts it perfectly every time. He sends the Overseer in at the right time to see exactly what's going on. And then he beats Braddock fairly handily in three different ways uh, in that series. And it just kind of made me wonder, are there mecking Terrans out there who are taking games off of elite Zergs in the StarCraft world? I thought about it and I couldn't think of any. I feel like Euthermal can play mech pretty well sometimes and he can do that. He can, but how far has Euthermal advanced in the last few WCSs? Best of... Let me see. I feel like I mean, I'm looking at his Liquipedia page here. Eight, right? So let's see. He did... Well, 2016, 2018. Okay, so more recent stuff here for 2018. He took... Round, he got... Yeah, he made it to the quarterfinals in uh, Valencia, and he beat Snoot, and I guarantee you he played Mech at least one of those games. <laughs> You're probably right then. All right, fair enough, and Snoot's a pretty darn good player. I think he would qualify. He'd qualify yeah. as elite. I'm not sure if he's... Um, he, the- he just he made it to the finals in the past, The past uh, what, what do you call it, circuit? Um, I don't know if circuit's the right word, like season of mm-hmm. StarCraft. He made it to the finals twice, I think. Where exactly? I'm looking at his page here. So 2018, he there's the European qualifier, uh, qualifier, qualifier. I don't... Let's see here. I know he made it in the past like three or four. It was one of the WS. God, I can't remember which one it was. I don't know. The Liquidpedia for 2018 is fairly grim. We have fourth place in the European qualifier for WCS Montreal. Um, which, hold on, let me take a look at that bracket here. Yeah, where he beat Hero Marine, but the, then he lost 2-3 to three to a laser. So, fair enough. I mean, it looks like he did. He took a couple games off of a laser here. I'd have to go back and watch those replays to see if they're mecking. Hmm. So, possible. Possible, I guess. Those are some pretty good examples. He's, he's the only one that comes to mind. Um, I, I, I don't really follow the Korean scene enough to know if that... Because I'm sure... Like, Gumiho can pull out something if he plays mech sometimes, you know, like, but I don't really know. I, I, I just don't want to say for sure that he has done it. Yeah, and that's what somebody actually mentioned in chat was if this was Gumio trying to mech against Solar, it'd probably go a little bit better. So it's very possible that Gumio is making it work. Somicron's being quiet because he's not actually a mech fan. He plays Terran, but he thinks mech is incredibly boring. Good. I like that because I play Zerg and I think playing against Bio is fun. Playing against mech is just awful. Uh, it's not fun. It's turtly. It's 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 not. I'm not saying that if you play Mac, you're a bad person. I'm just saying that I don't enjoy playing against you, and that's okay. You don't enjoy playing against me either, because I'm cheesy. Um, it's just to me, it's just like the least interesting way to play. That was the best comment from the Discord server that Duddles threw in there today. He was like, "I don't like big four-player maps because they're harder to cheese." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, <laughs> very straightforward of you, Duddles. I appreciate the I have candor." To scout their base, like I have to worker scout, <laughs> but it's not like a worker scout room getting information. It's a worker scout of literally just where are you? you know? <laughs> Darkness Sanctuary is not Duddles' friend. No, I and people are always so weirded out, and they're like, "This is a super Zerg favored map. Why are you vetoing it?" I'm like, "It's big. <laughs> I don't like it." <laughs> I need the game to be over in five minutes, and this does not help with that. Right, I'm gonna have to build like three bases. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> three bases, Zerg. Who ever heard of such a thing? I, I guess I just want to check. You still don't like Mac, right, Sombron? I, I don't play it. Right, because yeah, fair enough. You don't it's like it. Boring. Yeah. Yeah reasonable for sure all right that's enough starcraft talk unless someone else had something else to say about it uh no no um i know i casted um solar and euthermal and its finals in one of the taco cups i'm trying to find like that that bracket on liquipedia somewhere it's kind of challenging but anyway uh yeah so i believe it was solar euthermal um finals but euthermal actually went mech against bly um, and I don't know if you'd call Bly elite Zerg or not. He's he, I'm a personal fanboy, but I'm, I don't know if he's... I don't think he has the tournament presence outside of, like, he, he makes it in the round of 16 just about sure. every time. But he doesn't get much further than that. And that sucks because I think that he's just phenomenal. But I think he killed, like, 240 of Bly's workers in one of the games. Like, Bly had, you know, like, 12 bases, two thermals, three. Me thermals making nothing but Hellions and doing run-bys at eight different bases at a time and just, like, losing so many Hellions but killing wiping out entire mineral lines everywhere he could ended up winning the game it's an amazing game 
it's just this, this whole conversation comes to mind because it's like that's why I thought of him because if anybody can do that against somebody as like a hyper aggressive as Bly, they could probably pull it off against somebody else too. Yeah, that makes sense. Not that you'd win the series, but you could probably take a couple maps for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and Euthermal, it's funny too because he's also fairly cheesy in certain matchups. So it's funny that he can pull the cheese out and just go for the mech long play as well. It just right. got to be a good player to be able to do that kind of stuff. I feel like he was the European Beyond for a little bit. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, Reapers, we're going to make a bunch of Reapers. So I yes. I heard this unit's good. It's the, only, it's the only unit I'm making all the game. Reaper, here we go. Oh, I do not miss those days. Really, no. really don't miss those days. Ugh, gross. All right, and other gaming news. As of today, the 27th of August, when we're recording this podcast, there's a Cyberpunk 2077 gameplay demo that's 40 minutes plus long holy crap uh-huh. i did not expect this to drop today uh, i think it came out yesterday yesterday did it really it's all over reddit today they're that late seven hours ago that's today oh hold on a oh, second seven. well okay seven. so this is the Depending whole thing on where you are in the world yes yeah. samakarn and i have this thing where his yesterday is i don't know He's a time traveler, basically. (laughs) So bottom line, it was released in the last 24 hours. So I don't know. Like, uh, So CD Projekt Red announces Cyberpunk 2077. Everybody's like, well, it's going to be forever before it actually comes out because they take their time with their games. They're a Blizzard-like company that way. They make sure the final project product is awesome. I love The Witcher 3 with all of my heart. And so they announce this thing and I say, all right, Cyberpunk isn't usually my deal, but... I trust this company and we'll see what they can do. And after watching not the entire gameplay video, because again, it's 40 minutes plus, uh, watching a good chunk of it, I am officially excited for this game. Uh, I think it has potential, but I think what we see is a very narrow slice of the game. Open world games have a tendency to pull you off the path that you're on, right? With side quests, collectibles, all kinds of nonsense. Yeah, so in... We don't see any of that in this. So how is this game going to do that? Well, it's just going to be side quests. It's basically The Witcher 3 was like, hey, you got to find Siri. She's in mortal peril. But I spent 67 hours doing other stuff before I even started trying to find Siri. Well, she's right. tough, right? And She's hard to find. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm just like a tough person. She can handle that mortal mortal pain or... God, I can't even speak. Uh, you guys know what I'm trying to say. She can handle it. <laughs> I don't know, go, man. Check out this Easter egg that I heard about on YouTube. <laughs> Siri is one of the most scary pers- people that Gerald knows about. Gerald knows about. So Gerald, you, Gerald, you, I'm actually freaking, I'm missing this here. I, you know, I've never actually played any of the Witcher series. Oh, you should play three. That's my recommendation. Too. That's everybody says that they're like, don't even worry about anything else. Actually, don't yeah. worry about any other single player game until you play Witcher three. And that's, that's all you need to do. I've put more time into that than anything, but Starcraft and World of Warcraft, I think in the last 10 years. Wow. And Starcraft and Warcraft aren't really fair. <laughs> they kind of cheat. Right. <laughs> you know, I totally get it. Yeah, for me, it's it's StarCraft and Counter Strike. I mean, I, I can't. It's the amount of time I put into that game, or at least like Half Life mods in general. It's it's not even close anywhere else. Ah, big first person shooter guy. Uh very specific. I'm very picky. Um, like RTSs, I think are different. I can play any RTS and probably get a kick out of it somehow. But as first person shooter, most of them I just absolutely do not enjoy. It needs to have a very specific feel. You have to be able to kill somebody in a certain amount of shots. Like the Halo kind of thing where it's like, hey, I could live forever. Like, I, I, I don't like that. Yeah, I like squishy shooters for sure. I need to be Absolutely. able to shoot somebody and have them either die or come close to it. If I pour an entire clip into someone and they're like, eh, it's no fun. And then they run away for two seconds and they're like, oh, I jumped twice and now <laughs> my health is back. Yeah, I know I, a lot of people love that mechanic because Halo is very popular. But yeah, I've never been a huge fan of it. Mm-hmm. I love Halo. It's great. There you go. Samacron's one of those people. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's you're either one or the other, right? Well, here's the thing. I don't find Halo to be, like, bullet spongy. I don't think you mm. guys are playing it properly. Oh, <laughs> oh, what are we doing wrong, oh, Master of Halo? I would recommend not playing, like, Big Team Battle and stuff like that. Uh, stick to, I think it's the SWAT game mode, because it just takes away people's shields. Ah. <laughs> that, so that's, that's turns the it into Unreal Tournament. Oh, <laughs> uh, closer, yeah. Ooh, which which by fun. the way, have y'all played uh, Champions? No. Yes. I, I have been thoroughly enjoying it. It's all right. I so, have heard it kind of goes back to the origins of Quake. Kind of has the same feel of the original. Yeah, I think it's it's um like it's just, it feels really it's just Unreal Tournament, which I know Unreal Tournament was a Quake knockoff essentially, but it feels like how when Unreal Tournament was really good, it has that feeling um, because it was a Quake knockoff, but it was a 
did a better job of multiplayer than Quake did. So many people mm. are going to crucify me for saying that. My own personal <laughs> opinion, I was a really big 90s first-person shooter guy. I thought Unreal Tournament did it better than Quake. Uh, so to play Quake Champions and have the feeling that Unreal Tournament lost because they got two into vehicles and other things throughout their games, and now it's just raw, just tournament. You will just play a person and you blow up other people's. It's great. I don't know if it's still free, but I know it was free for a while. It's definitely worth free. Not many things aren't worth free, and the things that aren't worth free are very, very sad. All right, so Cyberpunk. So, Somakarn, you're complaining that what we see in this gameplay demo is one specific mission all the way through from start to finish. There's no sign of exploration, of doing side quests at all. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just overall too narrow in focus. Are you worried it's going to be an on-the-rails type thing? No, but what I mean by this is, like, whoever's playing it, right, always, literally always picks the first narrative dialogue option yes could you maybe like mix things up and show us that saying different things has it as an effect yeah other than like agreeing or disagreeing with should you hand it over hand over like a chip or something right something that suggests uh dialogue choice rather than just the narrative choice that's being presented Sure, I hear you. It is kind of weird to have this long of a demo and just straight up make it look like it's on the rails type of a experience. Yeah. They sh- I agree. They should have tried to show some of the player choice involved. Unless they just don't have that programmed in at all. They basically work out the main story quests and storylines and then they go back after and add the side stuff. It's just, it, it's really strange that they, at the start, they emphasize that, yeah, you can make your own character and you can fiddle with some of like, the starting stats, but there's no dialogue options. You always say the same thing. Yeah, I mean, there's options, but the person who's running through chooses the same right. option, correct? Yeah, yeah, but they're, they're not, oh, I want to try and bargain, let's say the bargain work, but you want to now try and squeeze them for more money, right? There's nothing like that. It's just, all right, I agree, or no, I don't. Yeah. There's no, like, that that, that kind of role-playing is what I'm looking for. So it's kind of a Fallout, Fallout 4 feel, where the dialogue yeah. log options are very limited. They give you the illusion of choice, but there's really not much going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I kind of trust CD Projekt Red more than Bethesda at this point, <laughs> which yeah. is, I mean, not a controversial thing to say. So I have trust. I have faith that they'll make it happen. I mean, I'm still not pre-ordering this because I don't literally pre-order anything. But just I don't know. This gameplay demo had a lot of stuff that I look for uh, that I was expecting to see. The lighting is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, even just walking up a flight of stairs outside, some like metal stairs. With a railing mm-hmm. next to you, sun coming through the buildings. It just looks amazing. Uh, That's the uh, other big red flag that the game puts out. If this is only a tiny slice, can we expect it to perform this well when we actually play it? Because mm-hmm. right, it does look fantastic. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Well, I was noticing there are scenes where he's walking through huge crowds of NPCs. Big numbers. And like more than I've seen in a game like this ever before. And it does make me wonder what kind of processing power it's going to take. I know The Witcher 3 is fairly demanding on your video card and your CPU. Mm. So I'd expect this to be as well. I don't know if it's going to be crisis levels where you have to take out a second mortgage to afford the hardware to run it. (laughs) But I don't expect, I don't know, it could be fairly demanding, but I'm not super worried about that, I guess. It looks pretty pretty intense. I'm watching a car chase scene right now. And it's a... it's pretty gorgeous, um, and there's a lot going on. I feel mm. like my com- even even with a 1060, I feel like my computer would still be like, <laughs> this entire time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for The Witcher 3, it was definitely more CPU intensive than video card intensive, I think. Okay. Again, I don't know if that's going to be the same here, but yeah, mm. I mean, it looks fantastic. I didn't actually expect it to be in a first person. I don't know why. I thought it would be a third person type of thing, I guess, just because of The Witcher. But first person, at least for me, is a lot more immersive. I really enjoyed The Witcher 3, but at the same time, I always felt more immersive in games like Bioshock or Mass Effect where you're first personing it. It's just mm-hmm. naturally, it naturally draws you yeah. into the story more. Yeah, Mass Effect for sure. I think yeah. is a great example for that. It's it's literally probably I I never beat one, but I played all. Uh, I played three. There there are three, right? Yeah. Well, okay, four. So if you want to count Andromeda, which some people don't, <laughs> I so I have them anyway. I, I know I have three of them, and and I never played it all the way through because these games I, I do bore of them pretty easily. Uh-huh. Just because I like to mm. be competitive and stuff, but I do thoroughly. I mean, I I got my money's worth. I enjoyed it. Uh, but like I just really in Mass Effect especially I was like I'm this space dude. This <laughs> 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 is great. I yeah. am him. I'm yeah. Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store in the Citadel. Is Mass Effect first person? Yeah. Yep. I have distinct memories of playing that game in third person. Hold you on. might be able to switch out of it because um, it's one of those. It's it's very similar to 
just kind of the, the the Elder Scrolls. I think it played very, pretty similar to that, where you have these abilities, right. whatever you you. I don't know. It's where you can kind of jump in, or you can just play the whole thing. I think from third person, if you really want. Right. Okay. That might be it. You, no, I could be wrong there. But. You, this is a very, very weird thing, but it's absolutely third person. But for some reason, my brain 100% remembers it being first person. What the what? Oh, I know what it is. Yeah. I always play with a sniper rifle. So <laughs> I'm always zoomed in on my target and I can't see my own body when I'm playing for the most part. I think that's what it is. I, I feel like there's still like there are moments whenever you can press something and all of a sudden you hop into first person mode for shooting. Am I wrong about that? Because I feel like that was. I see a lot of requests on the internet for a first person mod for Mass Effect. Okay, so I, I I'm probably I don't know what I'm remembering. Me neither. But I remember I I distinctly remember being in first person in that game. So maybe that's you and I are having having the sim. Maybe we're both thinking about a different game. No, I'm definitely remembering Commander Shepard and yeah, and I can't really find like mod footage. Yeah, yeah, me too. And there's a lot of articles like there was gonna be Weird. a first person shooter for Mass Effect, but they never did it. Huh? That's insane. Uh, Bioshock. Bioshock is definitely first oh, person. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Bioshock is yes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, just pretend I only said Bioshock. Bioshock, very immersive. Okay. Mm, yes. Yeah, that's that, that's me too. One sec, I want to see when is the last time I played Mass Effect? Can you see that? You've played uh, played two hours of the first one. Yeah, but when's the last? Okay, so I played it. It was 2015. That explains it. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. That's been my excuse. While, but very weird that both of us had the same recollection of it being first person. Like maybe yeah. it's just a power of suggestion thing. I said that, and then your brain's like, oh yeah, that's what it was. Maybe uh, it's, uh, let me see here. What other, of course, I'm going to say another game that's third person. I was like, uh, it kind of reminds me of um, the Star Wars. Uh, not Battlefront? In, uh, no, no, no. Not, and not the MMO, the uh, Knights, Knights of the Old Republic, but then there's like oh. the other one, or just the Old Republic. Uh, uh, which one is it? At least I have that here. I have Steam right, open. Hold on. Well, there's Knights of the Old, Old Republic sure. 1 and Kotor 2. Empire at War, Dark Forces, <laughs> Jedi Knight, Dark Forces 2, Jedi Outcast, Jedi Academy. Dang it, Summer uh, Star Wars Starfighter. Bro, Starfighter, don't, Battle don't come Fight. at me with that Dark Forces. <laughs> I tell you what. <laughs> that game. That game, it was like you had like you had to have pretty much MS DOS to run it because you'd be like you know you know it's like Doom. You had to do a, it, no, it was know, like, a Doom clone, hundred percent. Yep. Oh, so good! I loved that game. It was a lot more puzzly than I thought it was going to be. I actually picked it up off of uh, Good Old Games maybe a couple of years ago and loaded it up with DOSBox. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more like figure out where the key to this thing is, figure out this pattern on oh, this yeah. keypad. And I was like, I just want to kill people. Can I just kill stormtroopers? Is that okay? No. Absolutely not," said the game. So, uh, the Star Wars uh, fan fan club apparently, like the hardcore people who are all like, "Mara Jade's finally getting a movie." <laughs> um, all those people were really upset that I forget the guy's name. Uh, the main character of Dark Forces, Kyle like Katan. You, yeah, yeah, him, him. Yep. Everybody mm-hmm. thought that he was the guy in Rogue One. Oh. Uh, and he wasn't, but he was. They also said that he was completely based off of him. So it's yeah. like, well, why didn't you just use his name? <laughs> you know, like why did you have to make up this new person when you would have made everybody so happy? And I think they were trying to avoid pissing off the hardcore fan base by using his name and portraying him in a way they're like, but he's Hispanic or something, you know? Well, uh, or maybe it would just remind everybody that Lucas Arts is dead. Hey, remember all these great games we used to make before we got destroyed by Disney? Yeah, that was great. Right. (sighs) Makes me sad. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe so. (sighs) Well, Knights of the Old Republic is what I was thinking of. It's kind of a similar type of, you know, that somewhat open world. Uh, You have some choices to make. It's a really great game. Um, But that's also third person. But so that's not that's not what I'm thinking of. (sighs) Hmm. What am I thinking of? Well, that's all for me. See you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I am excited for Cyberpunk. I wasn't, I don't think, before I watched this. I was kind of like, yeah, we'll see how it is. We'll see what they can do. But at this point, I'll be watching it very closely because it does have those Bioshock vibes. I love all of the Bioshocks. I've played them all uh, more than once for a couple of them. It's got hacking, which is pretty fun. The vibe is pretty great. I'm not a huge Cyberpunk fan. I think I said that earlier, but... It does have enough of an appeal to me that I think I can get lost in this for sure. All right. And this is this looks like a lot of fun. 
Too bad there's no release date on it, but you know. Well, I mean, that's kind of a good sign. I think it's a sign of a yeah. good game that the developers like. When it's done, when it's done. See, see, Blizzard's Blizzard's way of doing things. Starcraft Two is done when it's done. I think they announced it the official release date like six months before it came out. Like it was crazy. Uh, so the first Call of Duty game that ever like not not Modern Warfare or anything but like the first World War II one if I remember correctly and I probably don't but how I remember this happening is it came out as a demo like a free demo you'd get like so you got to play the first mission of the game and holy crap it was the first time that I you could like really you know press Q and your guy leans to the side a grenade went off and like it it was like saving Private Ryan where you just everything's going slow and like I hadn't seen that in a video game before they they were innovative it had iron sights which Medal of Honor kind of did but sort of sucked at it it was great it was so cool no release date so it's like okay we get this and you get to play this game and we all just stuck around waiting forever and as soon as it happened everybody stopped playing day of defeat everybody stopped playing counter-strike everybody was playing call of duty um everybody stopped playing halo too (laughs) suck it halo um man it was great but uh call of duty turned into a juggernaut yeah Right, and it started off as this kind of like, it was almost, it felt like an indie game at first. It was like, how cool are these guys who were just out there in the trenches making this super cool game? And all of a sudden now it's like, I'm so sick of Call of Duty. Total. Yeah. By the way, I, I do a lot of tangents. I'm so sorry for making this podcast two extra two extra hours. My apologies. Oh, yeah, because we, yeah, we never do tangents. We always stick right on topic, especially when <laughs> Just Jordan isn't with us. Yeah, no. <laughs> He's actually the only one that ever keeps anybody on track, so don't worry about it. You'll oh, fit, really? You'll fit in here quite nicely. All right. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of the cycle for games, though, right? Somebody starts with a dream in their basement or their garage, and they pour their soul into it, and it's amazing. And then they make a billion dollars, and they stop caring anymore, and it turns into just every other right. thing, and people hate it. There's backlash. Well, you know, it's good. like with Diablo, they stop. It's just not the people who made it, right? Yep. So the people who made it, their dream is actually in another company, but you don't really, it's it's until very recently people didn't follow that. So, I mean, the people who made Call of Duty, they don't work for Activision anymore or anything like that. They, they're they off making other games. Makes sense. Right? Makes perfect, perfect sense. But speaking of game developers that start out awesome and kind of fall apart, what's up with mm-hmm. Bungie and Destiny 2 specifically? Bungie signed a 10-year agreement with Activision to make a shared world shooter. And that title is Destiny. And they received like $10 million in funding to do this. That's not a lot for a AAA game, but continue. Well, well, I'll look up the details in a minute. But the point is it was a lot. Okay. They they received a bunch load of money. Mm. And then basically as a stipulation in that agreement, they had to produce uh, a new title every other year. Wow, that's really ambitious. Activision yeah. was like, yeah, okay. Well, Destiny is 2014 and Destiny 2 is 2017, so... They, they make, um, what else do they make? They make... Uh, Not according to uh, their uh, Wikipedia Bungie. page. Is that, is that it? They don't it's, make anything else. Uh-uh. It's just Destiny? Yeah. It's just Destiny at the moment, yeah. Since 2010. And, anyway. Now, do they consider every DLC they release two weeks after the one before it, <laughs> do they consider that a title? <laughs> uh, they might consider it as a title update, and that part of the agreement, I believe, has been renegotiated, but there's still massive speculation that Destiny 3 is coming in, like, another year and a half. Okay. Wow. That's really bad for the Destiny 2 fans. Um, oh, absolutely. Because I know, I know I actually have some friends who are hardcore Destiny players. These guys are, like, it's a, they, they have teams, they run raids, they, they compete mm-hmm. on... Um, whatever god what is it called they, they, they have like a full time it's not just playing multiplayer but it's a, you you play like the trials of something trials of the forsaken trials of sires yeah that's right that's right yeah so they and they like if they lose a single game in that they're all super mad um because i played with them once and we lost one game the entire thing and i was like guys this is amazing and they were like shut up <laughs> <laughs> you're so bad and i was like yeah i don't really know i shot the guy um <laughs> i'm having a good time sorry yeah, like I don't really have a, I don't really know how gear works in this game, um, but it was it was it was a lot of fun, 
and we played it first then the first expansion came out and i was like oh cool pre-order the first expansion then i looked at when it came out i was like this comes out like what a month and a half after the game's release and i felt like i was playing an early release game after the original release so to play beyond early release you had to buy an expansion pack and then there was dlc and so I, i bought the expansion pack so i wanted to play with my friends then dlc came out the next day i was yep. just i was floored i was like i can't this game is you know i beat the entire game and probably less than eight hours of actual gameplay um maybe maybe a little bit more than that but i i sat down and played the game for maybe three days and i beat the entire game the only thing i didn't do is a raid but it took me about 30 minutes to that you know huddle my friends up and did a raid it was it was gross it was really sad um but watching these guys do it, they're still having a lot of fun. There's apparently a pretty good competitive scene out there in it. I just don't know how to get into that. It seems really weird. Um, but man, what? Because it, it is a cool game. It's just their their platform sucks. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. Really sad. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I just I've got some coworkers that are more way into Destiny when it first came out. But yeah, they eventually stopped fairly soon. Fairly soon yeah. after it came out, they complained about the story being kind of garbage. Uh, they complained mm-hmm. about the bosses kind of being bullet spongy, mm-hmm. and th- those were the complaints that they brought up. Yeah, uh, those are all the like the same complaints Destiny One had, and every time Bungie has a history of screwing up with Destiny and putting out we're listening to community feedback, we're working on changes. But Destiny Two is the same game as Destiny One with a slightly better story, but that's not hard. Tumblr has better fanfics than Destiny One has story. Correct. <laughs> really, I, the the story wasn't even important. I did not even. I enjoyed. I enjoyed the playthrough. I did not mm. care. Like every time, it, I, it was to the point where I was going through cutscenes because I was like, I just want to shoot people because the gameplay right. is a lot of fun, um, and the PvP in that game is fantastic. It's it's Halo-y. Because uh, obviously mm. it's Bungie, but you know, and, and that—that's mm. I think the creators of Halo made this game, right? Right. But it's—it's it's still like I can still kill somebody in two shots. You just have to be a little bit mm. better. Like it doesn't hurt you if you lose a game. I like that. I, I just don't want to keep on paying money to play a first-person shooter. You know, I just want to buy mm. the game. Let me buy it. Yep. I can put money into it if I want to customize my character. Joe, seems fair. That that's honestly Bungie's like one saving grace with Destiny is the the motion of pointing a gun at something and shooting it is still really fantastic in that yes. game. It feel it it feels right. The 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 um the burst or whatever, the, the, the recoil is fantastic on the gun, so the spread makes sense, it's easy to control, it's where it should be. You can definitely tell the difference between somebody who's good at the game and somebody who isn't, but it's not a hard learning curve. You just have to get if you're good at first person shooters, you're gonna be good at destiny. And I like that. Versus, you know, at Counter Strike where it's like you have all these other mechanics, you need to press shift and you press A and D at the same time so you're not stopped moving for a second, which is apparently like the F two of of counter-strike <laughs> like don't do that that's a bad habit i do it anyway um like this there's, there's different like the scoping mechanism and when you shoot has a different mechanic than just like scoping and waiting to shoot if you move at all you're dumb like it's all it's all just guard building and destiny you can like hop around jump shoot crouch doesn't matter the accuracy is about the same the entire time <laughs> i love that i mean it does sound kind of noob friendly which yeah. is good. Yeah. Which is a good New thing. friendly, but I mean, you, you still need to be able to aim. You know, it should be harder to be able to aim and run and shoot, right? Yes. Theoretically. Yes. That, that should be very simple, for sure. So no discussion of Destiny should go any further without discussing the Peter Dinklage thing. That wizard came from the moon. Right. So as far as I can tell, again, as somebody who hasn't played a single second of Destiny, they hire Peter Dinklage to do the voice work for a main character. Like... The guy who does the most talking in Destiny. Mm-hmm. Peter Dinklage shows yeah. up and sleepwalks sleepwalks his way through the role. Sounds mm-hmm. a billion percent disinterested in everything that is going on. Mm-hmm. The players yeah. notice and say, what's going on with this? Why is this so terrible? And then they're like, our bad and replace him entirely. Mm-hmm. With Nolan North. With yeah. Nolan North, who is pros mm-hmm. pro, known for voice acting in video games in all of the big roles. Yes. And you- then... Destiny 2 rolls around and they couldn't get Nolan North back for one of the expansions, so that character is entirely silent, even though he's present in every scene. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we can't, if it's not Nolan North, we can't get it right, we'll just give up. Oh, Bungie. Oh, Bungie, we love you, but oh, Bungie. Isn't that something <laughs> they keep on making the mistake of doing, though, where they hire actual actors to be voice actors, and it's like, those are, it's you have it's a special type of actor who can do both, but typically they can't? Yeah, Bungie has a bunch of, like, 
actor act- as voice actors. Probably the most notable is Nathan Fillion as the voice of Cade Six, mm-hmm. and their most recent expansion, which I'm not sure if it's out or not, but the trailers feature his character dying. So <laughs> it's like, oh, we're gonna ha- use mainstream sp- celebrities to pull interest into our game, and then we're gonna kill them off. It's like, okay, sounds <laughs> about right. Sense. Sure, don't have to pay him as much if we kill off the character. That's true. That's true. Mm. But I mean, if you're gonna have traditional actors like that they need to be able able to come in and re-record dialogue quickly like that i don't know if most regular like film actors have a recording studio in their house like some voice actors might do to send off files as quickly as they can is that what happens i always assumed they had to go into a studio do people do this from their homes i mean i would assume some I need, I need, because I need proof. That's why. I've seen it in the studio pretty regularly. Um, One complaint that I heard from a lot of people um, is that they're not working with somebody else. And that's why actors typically struggle in this role. And that's the difference between a voice actor and a regular actor. You have voice actors who can come in and they're just really excited because they they get a script and they're just reading it and they're like, they're like, stay a while and listen. You know, like versus... (laughs) Versus like an actor who's going to come on and, and be like, well, why are they staying a while? Why are they like, we're, I need to live in my role. And it's not just like, I do this voice really well, you know, or like, oh, it's about time. Like all that nonsense. <laughs> they can do all these things. Like those guys come in because those guys are voice actors. It's different than, uh, mm. I don't know. It's, it's so, But like in cartoons, things like that, they're in the same room. They're in a studio. They're bouncing things off each other. But in a lot of these video games, the storyline is still being written out and they just give these people a ton of lines because they're not sure what they're going to say yet. And so they're not reading with somebody. They're not acting with somebody. They're literally just reading like line after line after line. They'll read the same line in like eight different inflections and then they pick the best one. So it sounds really mundane, sounds really robotic. And that's why voice acting in video games often sucks. So that so it does make sense to go for an actor, but then you need to have the actor read to somebody, but then you also have, you know, I think what Destiny did was great because all the voice acting is scripted. It It's not like, you know, Fallout or something where you can pick a reaction and then the reaction doesn't really make sense in what their inflection and tone before because it just, they just picked it. It's it's really difficult to do this and, and to have somebody actually come in who's talented and, and that uh, can get you... I don't know. They don't really have that big of a budget for these people, too. So it's, it's really weird. Um, so good for them for getting real actors, but I can see why that doesn't work. Mm. Well, and too, I've also heard complaints that if you're not in the room with someone you're having a conversation with for voice acting, it's hard to do. It's hard <laughs> to hold one end of a conversation and just read line, and then you're like, okay, so there's a response here that I read, but I don't hear, and I need to respond to that, and it's just kind of awkward. Yeah, because you have to you have to feed off of each other. You yeah. can't, like, a conversation, like, what if you're like, and I'm getting really upset, and the other person doesn't really know, like, they're reading the same script, and they're like, they don't get it, so they're like, hey, man, <laughs> don't, don't touch my dog. <laughs> and the other guy's like, <laughs> like, I said I'm gonna touch him! And it's just, it's really weird how that... How that works. I, 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 I've never actually done it, but the mechanic just sounds really difficult. Yeah, I've heard some stories that uh, Japanese games, when they go for localization for Western release, is that they do not have a, like a producer on staff to tell them, like to direct them as to how their vo- uh, recording should sound. So they have characters that are super disinterested who are getting angry over nothing or are just like completely it's like hey i'm trying to pull off a joke in the middle of a serious scene you, you need to pay these like to have someone on staff to do that otherwise voice acting just doesn't work because the actors aren't there to determine what the characters are supposed to be doing yeah that sounds impossible you can't do a good job in those circumstances and it's so easy to be like this voice actor sucks in this anime but it's really a lot of the time not their fault like you can't blame them for that Right. They're yeah. they're they're following well, as much direction as they're given. It's these people yeah. weren't hired because they're bad at it. Correct. Yeah. Unless sometimes that happens through nepotism maybe. Someone's like, "My nephew wants to be a voice actor. Let's give him the job." No, yeah. and that doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh have you guys ever played a cyberpunk-ish game? Um what's it called? What's the other like main like massive uh human revolution? Uh, Deus Ex? Deus Ex, yes. The original Deus Ex. Uh, 
they literally just had like developers go into recording booths to do the accents. And stuff. <laughs> it, it's uh, so, this is actually when whenever I was learning about this, this is the game that they brought up of just being like one of the biggest train wrecks of <laughs> of it. You know, because this is like these people have no experience, but it's like, hey, like you, hopefully your voice sounds good. Out of all the people yeah. in the world, software developers to put in the booth for voice acting is just. <laughs> Oh, and have them do like cringy Chinese accents as well. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, so okay. Uh, so I went to you know video game development school. So I, that's how I've learned about some of these things. Um, and the one of the big things that we did is we you know we did a lot of our own foley art, which is you know like it's a, you crush a watermelon for somebody's head exploding or something like that. Yeah. When making games and and voice acting was my favorite part. I was pretty much in every single person's game because I was the only person in the group who wasn't like. <sighs> You know, you're not a mouth breather. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, so they'd bring me in and do these things, but like the amount of times they'd have somebody, you'd always have like the one guy who's like, "I need the devil in it," and so they would just get an audacity and put like all these effects in their voice, and it was just all like sounded exactly like Diablo three, Diablo. It is the I feel like that is the hmm. le- like they put no effort in making that voice at all. I don't know if y'all remember that voice. It is so bad. And it, it's like the rest of it's fine. Like I really think they did a pretty good job of the voice acting. Then all of a sudden Diablo comes out, and I'm like, this is like, literally, I've never done audio engineering in my life, and I'm trying to put some effects on something to make it sound like the devil. This is what I would have done at home to get this voice. It just sounds. I. I. I it was so anti-immersive to hear that. Um, random complaint. Totally. Totally that's, still on topic. But I'm that, sure, that's but. amazing. Why do you think that is? I think that I don't know. I, I, the, his voice because it's just enough or whatever. That, I think that's Asmodean <laughs> who says that. I'm sorry, but it's like Diablo's voice. It just doesn't. All the other bad guys sound like pretty unique and cool. And I feel like Diablo himself just it it the, the main bad guy of the game. Like I feel like they just did a bad job with him. I don't know. It's my own personal, especially for a game that is has some of the most iconic voice acting in all of video games. Like they couldn't get Diablo right. It's so weird. Maybe they ran out of time. Maybe they were like, we nailed everybody. Got to get Diablo now. You have four hours to get it. They're like, no. <laughs> like, Nobody's going to make it this far in the game anyway. We made it real hard this time. <laughs> <laughs> Very sad. I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't played any Diablo 3. So I don't know. You've never any... played it? Oh, man. Do you know what we should do? We should play Diablo 2 together. I've played Diablo 2. Oh, I thought that's what you meant. Never mind. I don't care. No, no, no. Diablo, Diablo 2, I've played. <laughs> Diablo 2 is amazing. I actually have a good story there. I was playing it in college, and uh, it was on my buddy's computer. I was next door to him in the dorms. And I somehow managed to save my game about a fourth of a second before I died to Diablo on the final thing. I don't know what happened. I slipped and hit something trying to maybe load a save. I accidentally saved over my existing save state. So uh, my buddy spent probably an hour on that trying to get in a place where I could actually throw down a potion or survive that particular instance. But no, it was not possible. And I had to go. I mean, I lost like four hours of gameplay on that thing because somehow I saved right as Diablo was murdering me. That's my strongest memory from that game. Oh, man, that game was that game was great, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great all the Mm. way around. And then three came out and I was like, well, I've clicked a lot in my life. I've done a lot of clicking. I feel like. (laughs) And I don't know if I have 47,000 more clicks in me. And right. I didn't. It's a mouse ruiner for sure. I was actually playing it uh, before this podcast, and I forgot, the like, you really need to work on where you put bindings for certain builds because I'm just tapping, like, the build that I have, you literally just spam four and two. It's it's pretty much like I'm playing StarCraft. Mm-hmm. Like, But I'm just, like, opening, spamming the entire run the through a map. Whole <laughs> so time. I'm just like, yeah, so my left hand after a while, I'm just like, okay, like, this game is... It's easy because my build is good, so I'm just killing everything that I even come across. But at the same time, just I'm just pushing so many buttons at once, just spamming them. And I'm like, this isn't even like, what am I doing? Yep, that's pretty much it. Mm. If you look at it too closely, there's a very strong sense of what, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what? I do hope because you know they're making a Diablo four. There's no way they're not doing that um, for mobile, sure. Uh, right, even oh god, is it going to be for mobile? <laughs> <laughs> that's the rumor they're hiring for mobile devs right now well the mobile devs so the the game that they're making for mobile is uh, an mmo rts nope that doesn't work either 
Yeah, that's but that's what it, that's what they hired for. They want somebody an MMO RTS mobile game. So I'm thinking it's the garrison in World of Warcraft, just on your mobile phone. <gasps> that makes perfect sense. It's a Facebook game. That's perfect yeah, for mobile. Because honestly, I and I'm and I'm thinking to myself, like, what better way to spend a bowel movement? You know, like this would be great. I can just open it up, check on my missions, start new missions. I'm done, good to go. Like that's what mobile games are for. That'd be a great Blizzard mobile game. I really hope they don't try to make something to like drains your battery in 20 seconds uh they'll do it yes they will yeah that's actually one of the reasons that i stopped playing a warlords of draenor in world of warcraft is because of the facebook game aspect of it with the garrisons i was like why mm-hmm. am i spending time in world of warcraft staring at a screen sending other people off on exciting adventures it never <laughs> made sense to me at all i i personally liked it um yeah but and, uh, you're but not at alone. the same time i but that's i like things like that is it, it was like that's my casual sense in me where i want to sit around and not have anything to worry about i want a casual game but a casual game sometimes belongs on my phone where i'm like okay i have 45 minutes to not do anything but i don't have a tv by me or anything and i just want to kill some time that'd be a perfect little game to have on my phone i'm not going to sit in a computer and play it i certainly didn't uh renew my subscription after warlords of drainer because uh, that wasn't like interesting enough for me, but it would be fun for my phone. Yeah, I can see that. It definitely attracts a certain casual gamer aspect of the gaming world. It does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else we need to cover for this edition of the Falcon Paladin Hour? Any plugs you'd like to give for us today, Duddles? Uh, yes, but not from me. Uh, oh. My dear friend at Mitosis Gaming, uh, who I'm a co-founder of, he's really the only person who does anything with Mitosis Gaming anymore. Sorry, Andy Man. Uh, his name is Andy Man. <laughs> um, he, if you follow him on Twitch, it's literally Andy Man Boobs with the boobs is spelled out like you'd spell it on a calculator because he's an adult. Um, uh, yeah, I've seen Andy Man before. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. Aware. <laughs> uh, so he does a replay happy hour where he cast you know like you submit games right now he's really focusing he wants like really heavy micro intense battles that sort of thing so if you have like a crazy back and forth game that's hyper aggressive just a ton of micro and just a lot of fun typically hopefully not super long games he wants those and he's doing replay happy hour where he casts them like every once a week he'll get on uh, i don't even think he's doing it on twitch right now i think that he's actually compiling youtube videos or something I, I could be wrong don't quote me on that he's he's up to something he's not sharing a lot of information on purpose uh so the first one's going to be on this saturday so, or for the first of september the podcast might uh, he be hasn't out by given yes yeah, i so if not i mean the vod will be up so at least check out the vod and see if you're interested in trying to sign up for the next one um but i just want to plug him he's my friend and and it's i'm happy that he's doing stuff in starcraft that i'm not Okay, that sounds great. Yeah, you need to send me links for that. I will. I can send you. I can so give I you the teaser link right now because he he sent us that, Ooh. which is just a, which is literally just the clip of his old intro, <laughs> but it's still okay. good. Still counts as a teaser. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us, Duddles. Thank you for uh, helping us on our random tangent adventure that we do every week. And maybe mm-hmm. now some of you know who the hell Duddles is. Yeah, thank you guys for having me and letting me just rant on and on and on and hopefully not interrupt you guys too much. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Samacron, you're amazing. Falcon Paladin, you're also amazing. It's been an absolute pleasure. Excellent. All right. Thanks again for listening to the Falcon Paladin Hour. Check out the merch. Check out the Patreon page. And until next time, as always, thanks for listening. And you take care of yourself. <laughs> <laughs>